To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The S&P 500 looks to make it three straight winning sessions to start the week. Netflix shares soar as user growth signals the worst is over. In the U.K., inflation surges to double digits. And President Biden plans to announce he's tapping into the strategic oil reserves. The latest polls show New York's governor's race has tightened, plus Georgia voters turned out in record numbers on first day of early. Ballots. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. The Yankees beat the Guardians. They start the ALCS tonight in Houston. The Phillies shut out the Padres. Wins for the Devils and Islanders. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 17 points, Dow futures up 80, NASDAQ futures up 81. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury down 12.30 seconds, yield 4.05 percent. They yield on the two-year 4.47 percent. And the euro, 0.9818 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1279. Nathan. Karen. The S&P 500 is coming off back-to-back wins to start the week. The index is up 3.8% in just two days. However, Max Kettner, chief multi-asset strategist at HSBC, thinks stocks will remain under pressure and the Fed will not change course. But the point for me is that the Fed is really only going to pivot, in my view, when things are going to go horribly wrong. Not just wrong, but really, and I have to emphasize that, horribly wrong, right? So it it will not be sufficient if we see one, two, three months of a bit worse than economic data, right? And, oh, maybe we're going to go into recession now. That will not be sufficient. HSBC's Max Kettner says he would fade this rally in stocks. Well, the rise in equities this week, Nathan, has been fueled by a solid start to earnings season, and it continued after the bell with Netflix. The streaming leader added a better-than-expected 2.4 million customers in the third quarter. Reed Hastings is co-founder and chairman of Netflix. Well, thank God we're done with shrinking quarters. So that's the big feeling of we're back to the positivity. We still got FX, so that's a huge hit, uh, you know, as we've explained. So uh, that's not going to go away. Um, But other than that, all the stars are lining up very well for us. Netflix chairman Reed Hastings says the company expects to add another 4.5 million global subscribers this period, despite headwinds from foreign exchange. Let's look at some other stocks on the move following earnings, Karen. Shares of United Airlines are up more than 7% this morning. The airline sees profit well above estimates in the final quarter of the year, and that's being fueled by a rebound in corporate travel and leisure trips. Shares of Adobe are up more than 2%. The maker of creative design software reiterated its forecasts for the current quarter. That's relieving fears economic uncertainty would hinder demand. 
Well, up next, Nathan, the earnings continue with results from 20 companies in the S&P 500. The biggest name on today's list is Tesla. We get a preview of those numbers from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Shares of the electric car maker have been under pressure ever since the company reported third-quarter delivery figures that fell short of forecasts. Today's report will get close scrutiny. Investors will look beyond sales, earnings, and profit margins. Bullish fourth-quarter delivery guidance would be especially welcome. Bloomberg Intelligence says the 40% plunge in Tesla's stock could make this a good time for the company to initiate capital returns without hurting its balance sheet. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Day. Break. Thanks, Jeff. Turning to the economy now, do not look for a pause in rate hikes from the Fed. That's according to Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari. He says the central bank must continue tightening as inflation remains hot. If we don't see progress in underlying inflation or core inflation, I don't see why I would advocate stopping at four and a half or four, seven, five or something like that. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says he sees interest rates reaching the mid-fours early next year. Stay tuned for more from the Fed when we speak live with St. Louis President Jim Bullard. Catch that interview today at 3.30 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. Meantime, Nathan, the Fed will hand out a grade on the health of the U.S. economy today with the release of its regional beige book. And we get more from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Giudice. Today's beige book, based on anecdotal reports from the Fed's 12 district banks, will help set the stage for November's policy meeting. Bloomberg Economics notes the prior beige book in early September indicated little change. On balance, the most lackluster showing of a pandemic recovery but not yet alarming. The next Fed policy session is set for November 1st and 2nd, and economists anticipate another interest rate hike aimed at containing inflation. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. Vinny, thanks. We're also seeing inflation soar in the U.K. For more on today's red-hot price reading, let's go to London and check in with Bloomberg's James Wilcock. Good morning, James. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Soaring inflation indeed. Price rises hit a four-decade high of 10.1% year-on-year through September. That's slightly above what economists forecast. It's a to arms for the Bank of England after the central bank has found itself distracted by chaos in the UK bond market. September's inflation figure is also used as the baseline to increase state welfare payments and in pensions, so that increase puts more pressure on the UK government's fiscal policy as Prime Minister Liz Truss tries to balance the books. In London, James Walcock, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, James, thanks. Well, back here in the US, the Biden administration is making more moves to lower gas prices. Later today, the president announces another 15 million barrels coming out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but still Bob McNally, founder and president of Rapidin Energy, says it might not be enough. Going against OPEC Plus with the SPR is like going into a fight with, a, you know, with guys with AK-47s with a squirt gun, right? Oh, it's geez. a finite resource. You get to use it once. And mm-hmm. I think this is going to make the coming boom cycle in oil prices even boomier. Rapidin Energy President Rob Bob McNally spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And checking oil prices right now, NYMEX crude oil is up 1.4 percent of a dollar 13 at 83 dollars 95 cents a barrel. Brent is up nine tenths percent at 90 dollars 87 cents. Finally, Karen, criticism of the Pimco Total Return Bond Fund from the man who created it. We're talking about Bill Gross, who was ousted from Pimco in 2014. Gross says many of the funds bearing the name are failing to live up to their mission after suffering heavy losses this year. He says instead of helping to cushion the market downturn, they've clung to their benchmarks too closely, essentially becoming quasi-index tracking strategies. Futures are gaining some footing here. S&P futures are up 16 points, Dow futures up 80, NASDAQ futures are higher by 77 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
It's now 6.07 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. Still got that crash at southbound New Jersey Turnpike Truck Lanes Exit 7. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. The midterms are just a few weeks away, and now another race that Democrats once thought was a slam dunk could be in play. In New York, Republican Lee Zeldin is in a statistical dead heat with Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul. More from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Michael, it kind of all depends on which poll you want to believe at this point, because a new Quinnipiac poll shows Hochul's lead narrowing to just four percentage points. Her campaign, though, says this Quinnipiac poll undercounted likely Democratic voters. Former President Trump recently endorsed Zeldin, and the Quinnipiac poll shows Zeldin has a solid lead among independents. The Long Island congressman also has gained in a real clear average of polls, but Hochul still leads by close to 10 percentage points in a 538 poll average, and recent Siena and Marist colleagues College polls show her ahead by even more. Michael. Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Georgia, with several high-profile races, has set a record on the first day of early in-person voting. More than 133,000 votes were cast Monday, an 87% increase from the first day of early in-person voting in 2018. Tents intended to provide temporary shelter to migrants opened today in New York City, the first of a series of makeshift centers to house an influx of tens of thousands of Central and South Americans. The new relief center, located on Randall's Island, is intended to house and provide food, water, medical care, and COVID tests when migrants first arrive in New York. Zach Iskell is the Emergency Management Commissioner. When people get off the bus to Port Authority, we have a very limited amount of time, about 45 minutes to an hour, where we are figuring out what people's immediate medical needs are. There will be a 10 p.m. curfew. Former President Trump is scheduled to sit for deposition and answer questions under oath from attorneys for E. Jean Carroll, a former columnist at Elle magazine. Carroll has sued Trump for defaming her when he denied her rape claim from the 1990s. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Nathan, the decisive game five of the ALDS. Rained out Monday night at the stadium. Played yesterday afternoon and decided very early on. The Guardians made the somewhat surprising decision to start Aaron Savali. Yankees had teed off on him twice in the regular season. He faced only five batters, got only one out. Gave up a John Carlos Stanton three-run homer. Yanks were on their way to a 5-1 to win over Cleveland. Aaron Judge also homered in the Yanks' decision to start Nestor Cortez on three days rest. That worked well. So the Yanks able to come back from the two games to one deficit. And now it's on to Houston with Aaron Boone's team playing game one of the ALCS tonight. The challenge is we're facing a great team. You know, uh, as far as the quick turnaround, we'll be fine. I mean, that's that's baseball. We do that all the time. <laughs> You know, we'll walk in there with some confidence. Um, we, we know, we know they're a great team and rested and ready and, um, we look forward to the challenge. Three times the Astros have ended the Yankee season, 2015 wildcard game and in the ALCS in both 2017 and the 19. Yanks start Jamison Tyone tonight opposite the Astros' Justin Verlander. Game one of the NLCS in San Diego, fewest hits ever in a postseason game. The Phillies had three, but two were solo homers. Padres had only one hit. The Phillies won 2-0. They're now 6-1 and in the postseason. Game two is today. NBA season underway. Home wins by Boston and Golden State. Knicks open up tonight in Memphis. 
the Nets home from New Orleans. Devils and Islanders both won at home. New Jersey's first win was 4-2 over Anaheim. The Isles beat still winless San Jose 5-2. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports. Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures right now up 16 points. Dow futures up 82. NASDAQ futures are higher by 77 points. Ten-year treasury is down 13.30 seconds. The yield 4.06%. Yield on the two-year 4.47. NYMEX crude's moving higher as well, up 1.5%, up $1.20 at 84.02 a barrel. Netflix shares surging in the pre-market, up 13 and two-thirds percent on a subscriber gain in the latest quarter. We'll talk about it next with Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent Alex Webb. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by SEI. Imagine your asset management firm's operational infrastructure is a competitive advantage. Let SEI show you how at SEIC.com slash IMS. U.S. stock index futures are rising as investors weigh concerns about scorching inflation and a looming recession against a strong start to the earnings season. The pound falling after U.K. inflation rose faster than economists were looking for. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 14 points, Dow futures. Futures up 61. NASDAQ futures up 72. The DAX in Germany is up two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 13.30 seconds. Yield 4.06 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.47 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a quarter percent, up $1.03 at $83.85 a barrel. COMEX gold down seven-tenths percent, or $11.30 at $16.44.50 an ounce. The euro, 0.9812 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1275. The yen, 149.46. And Bitcoin is down six-tenths of a percent at $19,250. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. President Biden is opening the oil spigot again. President Biden today will announce another strategic oil reserve release designed to help bring down the price of gas. He could release another 15 million barrels of oil. Ukraine's president says recent Russian airstrikes destroyed about a third of his country's power facilities, cutting access to electricity and water for many as temperatures drop. In baseball, the Yankees are getting ready to face the Astros in the ALCS. New York beat the Guardians 5-1 to advance. In game one of the NLCS, the Phillies shut out the Padres 2-zip. In the opening night of the NBA, the Celtics and Warriors won. In hockey, the Devils and Islanders won. The Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We continue to watch shares of Netflix this morning. They are up 14% in the pre-market after the first subscriber growth number for the streaming giant this year. Let's bring back Bloomberg Quick Take correspondent Alex Webb for more on the Netflix earnings. 2.4 million new subscribers in the third quarter. Alex, that's not as much as Netflix used to enjoy. Is that a problem? 
Well, it, it, not necessarily. It's certainly a lot more than the market was expecting. Uh, the, you know, they'd been anticipating just a million subscribers. But yeah, you're quite right that a year ago they were adding almost double that. And in the December quarter, which is currently forecast to add four and a half million subs uh, a year before, it had added close to 10 million. But, you know, it's partly a function of how big Netflix already is. It still, it has something like, you know, 220 million subscribers globally. There are fewer new ones out there to find, and of course, as as, as a purse strings, it, household bot budgets get tightened. There's less money for that people are willing to sp- um, to spend. And so, I guess that sort of uh, leans into the hope for Netflix that providing this sort of uh, lower price point ad supported tier around six ninety nine a month could potentially bring in some of those squeezed potential subscribers. Yeah, it sort of solves two problems for them. That ultimately, if you are entirely dependent on subscribers, uh, paying subscribers, your only opportunities for growth are adding more subscribers or charging the subscribers you have more money. Now, this, they hope, will add more subscribers coming in at the lowest tier. And it also might then convince others who are already at the lowest tier that it's worth paying a little bit more not to get ads. But it equally removes the cap on their upside. If you look at a company like Facebook, which is an advertising technology company, they have consistently succeeded in increasing average revenue per user to the extent that in the U.S. it's well above $200 per user per year. Now, Netflix might only be charging $7 for the advertising-funded tier, but Hulu makes $6, an additional $6.50 in ads from each of those users. If you can keep growing that number because you've got a committed audience, uh, that gives you a good story to tell your investors in terms of what your potential upside is. It's a pretty big sea change, though, for Netflix, isn't it? I mean, they bragged for years that they weren't going to go with ad support, and uh, uh, password sharing wasn't going to be an issue as well. Now they're cracking down on that as well. I mean, what other kinds of changes could we see from Netflix to keep this growth story going? I mean, you're right. It is a colossal change. Part of the appeal of Netflix for a long time was that unlike traditional linear TV, certainly in, in, in large parts of the world, there were no ads. And that was you know, what drove Netflix's growth for a long time. I think investors had sort of thought that they were getting a high growth utility in the sense that everybody um, who was going to stream TV or stream video would pay for Netflix, and that was the base layer. And on top of that, you would then add things that attuned to your interest, Disney Plus or, or Discovery or whatever it might be. And what we've started to see is that is not the case. The Netflix is not the default, and then people just add more. So um, in terms of further changes, look, I think they're concentrating a lot on on boosting their presence in geographies where they're underpenetrated. If you look at countries like India, where they have a, a basic tier which costs about a dollar fifty a month, um, that is a because you know there's a huge amount of price sensitivity in that market. If you look at the company's average revenue per user in Asia, it is still around uh, the $10 mark. Now, what that tells you is that they have very few subscribers in India, right? Because if, if the ARPU is that high, it means very few people are coming in at the um, entry-level subscriptions. So there is a huge amount of scope to grow in some of these massive markets. They've just got to find the shows and strategies that will help them do so. Well, it certainly looks as though, at least for the moment, investors like the story that Netflix is telling as we're watching the shares in the pre-market, and they are still moving higher by nearly 14%. Alex Webb, 
as always, great to have you on with us uh, once again. Alex Webb, correspondent for Bloomberg Quick Take, who follows all things tech very closely for us on our own streaming service. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, futures are uh, starting to point a little higher now. Once again, after two straight days of solid gains for the S&P 500, S&P futures are up uh, three-tenths percent right now, up 11 points. Dow futures up 44. NASDAQ futures are higher by 65 points. That's a gain of six-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury is now down 14, 30 seconds. Yield 4.06%. Yield on the two-year, 4.48. And NYMEX crudes moving higher as well, up 1.1%, up 93 cents at $83.75 a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunny, breezy, mid-50s today. Lots of sunshine tomorrow, upper 50s. We'll get into the low 60s once again by Friday. Right now, 42 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. IBKR Event Trader offers a new way to trade futures. Use event contracts to trade your opinion on yes or no questions in key CME futures markets. Learn more at eventtrader.interactivebrokers.com. Up first, the S&P 500 has rallied two straight days to start the week. So have we seen a bottom? Well, ER Shares Chief Investment Strategist Eva Ados says no, but rallies like this could continue through December. It's hard to time the bottom, but I would say we're closer to it than not. And I expect to see the market end the year higher. We might even see a Christmas rally. By then, we'll see the Fed getting inflation under control, and we expect inflation to drop next year. Eva Eidos with ER Shares expects tech and healthcare stocks to bounce back as inflation cools. Well, the rise in stocks, Karen, has been fueled by a solid start to earnings season. It continued yesterday with Netflix adding a better-than-expected 2.4 million customers in the third quarter. Gita Ranganathan covers Netflix for Bloomberg Intelligence. They're finally back to growth, and their guidance right now, again, pretty much in line. And what's really encouraging to me about that 4Q guidance is that they say that they've really not baked in any of of those add to your expectations. So there is potentially a lot of upside to that guidance as well. Gita Ranganathan with Bloomberg Intelligence says Netflix is set up for a strong fourth quarter. Other stocks on the move this morning include United Airlines. Shares are up more than 5%, with the airline seeing fourth quarter profit above estimates. Shares of Adobe are up 2.5% after the creative design software company reiterated its forecast for the current quarter. Still sticky inflation is dampening sentiment, Karen. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says he expects the central bank to continue hiking rates as prices climb. The core services inflation, which is the stickiest of all, keeps climbing. And we kept getting surprised on the upside that core keeps going up and services keeps going up. The problem for me with trying to say, hey, it's time to pause, is 
we're not even sure that we've, we've got rates high enough to push services inflation down. Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari says he sees interest rates reaching the mid-fours early next year. We hear more from the Fed Live. St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard joins us this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. And Nathan, inflation is also coming in hot in the U.K. Consumer prices in Britain rose 10.1 percent last month. That was driven by rising food prices. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Your latest local headlines straight ahead, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. The crash south on New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes continues at exit 7. And Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York City officials saying that an emergency center to house some of the migrants being bussed in from border states is set to open today. The center will offer temporary shelter in tents on Randall's Island. The Humanitarian Relief Center will start taking single adult men this week with facilities including laundry, meals, and access to international phone calls. Zach Iskell is the Emergency Management Commissioner. There are a lot of people who we are trying to link up with families, with sponsors. There's a lot of people that are trying to get to another location. Um, it's often the easiest way to get out of El Paso, for example, is a bus ticket to New York. We've even had somebody that came to New York trying to get to San Antonio. Emergency Management Commissioner Zach Iskell says families with children are to be housed in a hotel. Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul's lead narrowed to just four percentage points over Republican Lee Zeldin in a new Quinnipiac University poll. It puts the Long Island congressman within the margin of error in a race where crime has become a dominant issue. Florida Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings faced off against Republican Senator Marco Rubio in their first debate for Rubio's seat. On WPBF, the two sparred over abortion rights, Rubio defending his support for banning abortion with exceptions. Every bill I've ever sponsored on abortion, every bill I've ever voted for, has exceptions. Every one of them does, because that's what can pass, and that's what the majority of people support. Security along the border with Mexico was also an issue. Val Demings. I think we can do that with technology, more boots on the ground, and more people to process those who need to be turned back those who are breaking the law, from those who are asylum seekers. Polls show Rubio has a slight lead over Demings going into the November elections. Former President Trump is scheduled to sit for deposition today as part of a defamation lawsuit brought by a former Elle magazine writer who claims Trump raped her in the 1990s. Trump has been ordered to answer questions under oath from attorneys for E. Jean Carroll. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 6.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Playing a game one day, another the next, another city. Happens all the time, just not when it's the start of a new playoff series. Monday's rain out forced it. So the Yankees, having come back from a two games to one deficit in the ALDS, having won game five over Cleveland, five to one behind the pitching of Nestor Cortez. Home runs by John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. After the game and the celebration, they flew to Houston. They start the ALCS tonight. Jamison Tyone against Justin Verlander. The Yankees trying to win the pennant and get some revenge on the Astros, who won the ALCS from them in both 2017 and 19. The Phillies keep winning. Last team into the postseason. They are 6-1. and one. They won game one in the NLCS in San Diego. 2 to nothing. The ex-Met Zach Wheeler 
teaming with two relievers on a one-hit shutout. The Phils had only three hits, but they got solo home runs from Bryce Harper, who's homered in three straight games, and Kyle Schwarber hit one nearly 500 feet. The Knicks open the season tonight in Memphis. Nick debut of Jalen Brunson. The Nets offseason had Kevin Durant demanding a trade. That ended up not happening. KD and the Nets tonight host New Orleans. The first win for the Devils, 4-2 over Anaheim. The Islanders beat San Jose 5-2. NFL owners met in New York, and the Colts' Jim Irsay weighed in on the league trying to oust embattled Washington owner Dan Snyder. Unfortunately, I believe that that's the road we probably need to go down, and we just need to finish the investigation. But it's gravely concerning to me um, the things that have occurred there over the last 20 years. Also yesterday, a reported shouting match took place between the two most high-profile owners, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Oh, goodness. Thank you, John. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is here with the reason why Netflix investors are shouting for joy. Oh, absolutely. NFLX, what a turnaround story, at least for the stock. Shares are up almost 14% in the pre-market. Get this, Nathan. It could be its biggest jump, if it holds, since Mm -hmm. January of 2021. That is enormous. Back when subscriber growth was like the usual deal for them. Yeah, when it was normal for Netflix to have, you know, uh, another beat. It's kind of when Amazon kind of came out every quarter, quarter after Mm -hmm. quarter, having a pretty beat. The problem uh, with getting A pluses every quarter is that eventually that has to slow down. You Everybody can't continue it. it right. Exactly. Um, so nevertheless, Netflix looking like uh, it has perhaps lowered its expectations a little bit and then beat them, uh, which is which is really boosting the shares this morning. Like I said, up 14% in the pre-market. Um, and they beat their estimates for paid subscribers. They're saying that maybe the slowdown is likely over, but it's not just Netflix. Take a look at Disney as well. DIS is your ticker. Following in suit up 2.8%. A lot of the streamers are ROKU for Roku. Those shares are also up to the tune of 3.7% this morning. you got to look at Warner Brothers Discovery as well. WBD up uh, almost 2% as well. I'll give you one more, Nathan, because, you know, there's such a a plethora of streaming companies out here. Fubo TV, F-U-B-O, the streaming company for sports, also up about 3% this morning. Yeah, all in tandem with Netflix. And I see we have some positive news in the chip sector for a change as well. We absolutely do. Liam Research is the one I want to kind of use as our poster child for this. So basically overnight, uh, ASML, which is a Dutch semis equipment maker, came out and said that their sales are going to be better than expected in uh, the fourth quarter. They're saying that's going to be driven by this kind of push for advanced chip making machines. Now, Nathan, when I like to think about chips, I think of kind of big tech as your mm-hmm. layer number one. Chips kind of magnify the move uh, in big tech. So you're, uh, your companies like Micron, Intel, NVIDIA, et cetera. And then there's like another layer. And that other layer is chip-making equipment companies. Think of it like the deer for chips, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then that's where LAM Research comes in handy, ASML as well. So LAM Research taking its cue uh, from the Dutch equipment maker and saying, well, maybe it will work for us too. LRCX is your ticker, up 3.4% this morning. Applied materials not far behind. AMAT is the ticker there. Up about 2.4% in the pre-market. And, of course, KLA is the one you keep it, want to keep an eye on. Their ticker is interesting because it's actually KLAC. Hmm. Uh, those shares are up uh, about 
just shy of 3% as well. If you're on the West Coast, you might think that's a radio station, but <laughs> we'll leave that for another time. Bloomberg Radio TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta, thanks as always for keeping an eye on what's happening in the pre-market. Stocks as a whole, uh, giving back some of the gains now. We have S&P futures uh, back to little changed, up three points. Dow futures up one point. And NASDAQ futures kind of holding on a bit, up 23 points for a gain of two-tenths percent. Ten-year treasuries down 14.30 seconds, yield 4.06%. NYMEX crude on the rise, up 1.5%, 84.09 a barrel. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SCIC.com slash tech. And S&P futures have given up their gains once again. They're now little change. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures down 18 points. S&Ps are unchanged right now. And Nasdaq futures higher by 11. The U.S. 10 yield at 4.06%. Gold is down 19. Oil is in the green. And Bitcoin is lower by 0.7%. Hong Kong fell 2.4% overnight while European markets are also quiet this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, housing starts. After the bell last night, Netflix Q3 subscribers beat estimates. Shares are surging in the pre-market. And regarding earnings this morning, look for Procter & Gamble to report. Wrapping things up, Booz Allen was cut to mark perform at Raymond James. And Netflix was raised to buy over at Deutsche Bank. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thanks to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russian strikes on energy utilities have left Ukrainian villages, towns, and parts of two cities without power. The overnight bombings further tighten an energy squeeze on Ukraine that threatens misery for millions in winter. Today, President Biden is expected to authorize the release of 15 million more barrels of oil from the nation's energy stock supply in an attempt to bring down gas prices. In baseball, the Yankees are getting ready to face the Astros in the ALCS. New York beat the Guardians 5-1 to advance. In game one of the NLCS, the Phillies shut out the Padres 2-zip. In the opening night of the NBA, the Celtics and Warriors won. In hockey, the Devils and Islanders won. The Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes transferring easy. Leverage your associate's degree into a STEM-focused bachelor's. Learn more at njit.edu slash transfer. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Britain's first-ever space launch is on track to take place before the end of November. That's according to billionaire entrepreneur Richard Branson, whose Virgin Orbit Holdings will undertake the mission. Required infrastructure is now in place at Spaceport Cornwall in southwest England following the arrival of Virgin's Launcher 1 rocket. Apple has launched its first fully redesigned entry-level iPad in five years and new Pro models. The latest iPad Pro adds the M2 chip used in recent Mac computers. That product represents the Pro model's first upgrade in a year and a half. The company also introduced a cheaper Apple TV set-top box with 4K video support. And a new study published in the journal Cell finds that some people really are mosquito magnets. The researchers found that people who are most attractive to mosquitoes produce a lot of certain chemicals on their skin that are tied to smell. Researchers designed an experiment pitting people's scents against each other. They asked volunteers to wear nylon stockings around their forearms to pick up their skin smells. The stockings were put in separate traps at the end of a long tube. Then dozens of mosquitoes were released, and scientists said the mosquitoes would swarm to the most attractive subjects. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Just Nathan. piling on the insecurities, aren't you, Karen? Well, my daughter is definitely a mosquito <laughs> I was thinking that. Boom. Yeah. Go right to her. <laughs> it explains a lot for a lot of people, I'm sure. Thank you for yes. that. Appreciate it. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. Now we're at 651 on Wall Street. Time to check what's going on in D.C. now. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden preparing to announce another strategic oil release, potentially with even more to come this winter. Also making news, the president vowing to send abortion rights legislation to Congress if Democrats win the midterms. And Kevin McCarthy suggesting Republicans would resist more aid to Ukraine if they take over the House in November. Let's get more on the midterm picture. Greg Valliere is with us now, chief U.S. policy strategist at AGF Investments. Greg, let's start off with this announcement we are expecting later this afternoon from the president on trying to get a handle on rising gas prices. Do you think that another strategic oil release will have much impact? Probably not a lot, Nathan. Good morning. I do think that politically, uh, less than a month ago before the election, it makes some sense. He wants to show the public that he's doing everything he can. But in terms of the price, no, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. Well, it does seem as though the economy, inflation are coming back front and center for voters with less than three weeks to go now till the midterm election. What kind of impact could uh, an announcement like this have when it comes to trying to steer the economic message for Democrats? Maybe a little if the price uh, at the pump does go down a bit, but I think attitudes are pretty much locked in. I mean, usually when you get toward the end of October, and here we are, what's today, the 19th, uh, you, you're starting to get uh, an electorate that has made up its mind. And, and this, the big story is that it's all 
pocketbook issues entirely. Uh, to my surprise, abortion is not in the top three or four issues. Uh, urban crime is a big issue. The, te- the border with Texas is big. But it really boils down to economic uh, issues, inflation, and that's a real weak point for the Democrats. Although it was interesting, of course, to hear the president yesterday saying that if Democrats do win in the midterms, he would send abortion rights legislation codifying Roe as his first move if the Democrats do take control. Is is that going to help Democrats to have that kind of message come out this soon before Election Day? Maybe at the margin, but I, I think it's it's clear to me anyway that it's not going to make it if Biden does propose that because the House almost certainly is going to flip, and it may flip by a lot. It it could be as low as a 10 or 12 or 15-point flip. It could be a 20 or 25-seat flip. I think the Republicans are headed for a very good night uh, on November 8th, and I think that any kind of promise you hear on abortion is a hollow promise. Yeah, I think I saw a note from you uh, just the other day that the L word is starting to rear its yeah. head landslide. Uh, give us a little more on that. What has you thinking that we could see a potential red wave in a few weeks? Well, two things, Nathan. Number one, a, a significant shift of Hispanic voters toward the Republicans. Uh, I think Democrats have taken Hispanic voters for granted, and there's going to be, I think, a move there that could make the difference of three or four or five House seats. The, the other uh, big, big issue is urban crime. Uh, I think it's having an impact in Pennsylvania for Dr. Oz and many other races. Uh, urban crime has become the hot-button issue, and the Democrats are stuck with this label that isn't fair. Politics isn't always fair, but this label that they want to defund the police. That's not true. Biden certainly doesn't want to. Most of the Democrats don't, but they're stuck with a label, and they can't get rid of it. Yeah, we have a number of uh, Senate races we're watching. You mentioned the one in Pennsylvania. We just had a debate last night in Florida, Marco Rubio taking on a former police chief in Democrat Val Demings. In terms of the crime issue, how do you see that shaking out in a race like the one in Florida, which, of course, uh, is always a battleground politically? Yeah, Florida's a tough race right now for the Democrats. I, I think that Demings is not a bad candidate. I watched some of the debate. It was very spirited, but I think she's the underdog. Uh, the surprise will be Rubio only winning by three, four, five points, but I do think he'll win. I want to ask you as well about uh, what kind of changes we could see in terms of policy if uh, Republicans, as you're predicting, do uh, get, make significant gains next month. We've heard uh, interviews recently with uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy suggesting that maybe Ukraine wouldn't get as much aid under a Republican-controlled Congress. What kind of changes could we see uh, if Republicans do get the majority? Really interesting question. I think there are three big issues. Number one, the Republicans want to resurrect the idea of uh, the tax cuts, uh, which will expire. Many of them expire in the middle of this decade. They'll want to revive that. I don't think that's going to go very far. Uh, I think they also are going to talk about big spending cuts. And if they don't get big spending cuts, they might even threaten a government shutdown. But the third issue, the one that is the most eye-opening, is a growing feeling among Trump supporters uh, on the far right. 
right and maybe now to, uh, among a lot of Republicans in the House to not give much more aid to Ukraine, that we have more important needs at home, that we can't just give them a blank check. If that takes over and we're seeing protests in Western Europe, could we have a situation by spring where maybe Vladimir Putin sees a dwindling resolve in the West? That's not out of the question. In just 30 seconds left here, we also heard from Marjorie Taylor Greene explicitly saying she expects to get more power if Republicans take control. Could we see a a resurgent uh, sort of Trump wing of the party? What Kevin McCarthy has to do is appease the right wing in order to get elected speaker. If he doesn't, Steve Scalise could come back into the picture. So he'll probably do whatever Marjorie Taylor Greene wants because he wants to be speaker. Always good to get your thoughts, Greg. Thanks for this. Uh, Greg Vallier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist at AGF Investments. Read much more at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And whenever you're in the nation's capital, you can tune in Bloomberg Radio at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures uh, turning again. Got S&P futures, little change now, down a point. Dow futures down 37. NASDAQ futures still holding on to a gain just barely by seven points. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.